0: Hello, welcome to The Honest Wargamer, I'm your host Rob, welcome to Stream Street Day 366, three days away from our big birthday, 369. Thanks for joining us live, thank you to the podcast bros for listening, today I'm going to be talking about terrain, but before we get on with it, big shout out to everyone on the Twitch chat, if you guys will see, you have got a bunch new emojis for hitting partner, big shout out to John Scrivens. He's got us closer and closer. That's right. We have a stay hydrated emoji right in there. Tom Dix, thanks for pointing that out. Big love to you. I'll take a drink. Mm-hmm. We've got a new Grot Gang emoji. The hashtag Owen fans is super important. Dave Fraser, thanks for resubscribing. Also to Militant Snowflake for resubscribing. Big love. That 500-point stomper emoji going to be real useful. Real useful come Saturday uh, is all I'm going to say. Uh, and don't forget to use the raid one. At the end of the show, we're definitely going to raid someone. I mean, uh, just like Tom Dick said in the chat, uh, Gus the Hutt was a little delight yesterday when we went and raided him. He sent me a message last night, which was super lovely. Uh, So loads of love to him. Uh, So no more YouTube at all or just no more live streaming. No live streaming to YouTube, but all of them will be watchable on YouTube. Uh, I think there are a way to, I think there are adverts on the Twitch platform. I'm going to try and turn them off. That's one of my like admin jobs today. Uh, I think there are, like, pre-roll adverts during the Twitch stuff, and I apologize about that, so I'm going to try and get rid of that. Uh, Dreadwoods, thanks uh, for saying hi. Uh, big shout out to you, is what I'm going to say. Uh, time somebody else out. You can't time me out. <laughs> and thank you to Dawnshade for subscribing. Uh, so, yeah, hope you guys enjoy the new emotes. They are just some of a swath of new emotes that are coming in. Um, super happy. And because we're a partner, thanks to you guys, we're able to get them instantly okayed. So if we do come up with something funny, uh, we'll be able to, who knows, do what. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to ban Windows as well. Right, okay. I uh, hope you're all well. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you to everyone on the News Game of Patreon. Literally couldn't live without you. Thank you so much. Um, Podcast bros, I'm going to be doing a very visual sh- t- show today talking about terrain. But I would like you to, like, come and watch it or let me know what you're thinking. Oh, and thanks for the, uh, the hype train, gents. Uh, that's right. Big whoop whoop. Uh, in the chat level one completed um oh bling marine finally getting tuned in from the beginning there we go uh a reaper so how many idneth boats are we gonna smash during today's discussion so many uh nick i hope nick what do you think of the emotes uh they're good right i would like to ban the word warhammer okay i won't say that for five minutes <laughs> <Somehow>. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay we're going to talk about terrain i'm going to talk about it in oh no uh we're going to talk about it in two ways uh my computer's updated so my camera might get all fucky i apologize we're going to talk about it in 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 two situations is what we're going to talk about um uh, the train i'm doing is going really wonderful thanks very much for asking hawkeye but one of the things that's happened is with the super series and now doing even more terrain for our venue one of the things that is very very conscious to me is how to produce the best terrain to play games with and this doesn't just mean for myself this means for a tournament setting this the event the venue that I'm in the TSN arena is only designed really for tournament wargaming yeah we'll have some fun events here and we'll do some really fun stuff but tournament wargaming is what we're here for now that doesn't mean cutthroat tournament wargaming it just means really really like well thought out and considered wargaming that's really what i'm aiming for and and the terrain is an important feature so <laughs> you can't ban the word terrain in a show about terrain how does that make any sense fucking twitch chat um uh lord idiot wind thank you for resubscribing big love to you uh and also uh zogit uh jog plc uh oh Matty, uh thanks for doing it a hundred bits Ah. Oh! Bradley, Bradley, I'm doing that thing later, after this show. It's my next thing I'm doing, okay? Um, the best terrain, you mean 2D with rules written on it? No, Dave Fraser. I mean, 2D with no rules written on it. That's what I mean. That's my suggestion today. All terrain now should be 2D. No, like, that's my first port of call. What do you think? How do you, you, are you guys on on board with that? Believer, thanks for donating 200 bits to the show and keeping the hype train going. <laughs> Oh, you guys really get behind the Twitch functionality here. This is super fun. Uh, what happens? If we finish the level two hype train, we get some emotes. One of them is a heart with an emoji in it. I would just like you to know. So if anyone wants to try and get us there, uh, they look super fun. Um, anyway, uh, 2D terrain. <laughs> it's dusty telephone. Hi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I obviously don't mean 2D terrain, right? Uh, so that's important. Uh Tom Dick says, "I really hope they do a terrain box for AOS, like the excellent Pariah Nexus one." Me too. Me too. In fact, let's. This is my new thing now. By the way, when you all annoy me so much, I just bang my chair. Um, <laughs> this is what we're doing. We're doing 2D terrain or Pariah Nexus terrain only. This is the conversation. Honestly, for a new person tuning in, they're what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, I'm being emotionally harassed by my Twitch chat. Is what's happening. Um, oh, thank you to uh, Hawkeye for donating 200 bits to the show as well uh, to rate, 2D terrain are we right <laughs> um, uh, Roz, Robo Saber says terrain is a huge issue on any war games I'd love to see more guides on how to play set terrain, yeah agreed um, uh, Dihydrin oh fuck it seems I'm the conductor <laughs> you are the conductor I'm <laughs> oh, sorry podcast guys this is probably why the podcast numbers are like where they are quite successful. By the way, a million downloads last year. Uh, you guys who are listening right now and drinking some, you should be proud of yourselves. I'm just going to get on with it and I'm going to ignore you guys donating money in the chat, but I appreciate you all. Okay, love, love, love and love. So, terrain has got a problem in the war games in that mainly for Age of Sigma it means nothing, and in 40k it's really important. And in fact. The launch of Ninth edition and the terrain keywords and the conversation about terrain has really, in my opinion, been the driving force for making 9th edition so good. The additional element is that obviously you also go and get uh, objectives and I think in, in 40k that was needed to move people out but that means moving around the board is quite important. Talk more about that in a minute. Diadrin, thank you very much for donating 5 gift subscriptions and indeed being the conductor of the hype train. You well done. Yeah you... <laughs> Things I things I achieved today. Directly at the end of the day when you do like your like ritual, like go to sleep like things I did today. Made a cup of tea, did some great paint painting, directed the hype train, nailed it. Absolutely nailed my day. Um, are you telling me the robot keyword means nothing? But it, I agree. Um simple answer is to be an AOS off is obviously deficient. <laughs> Good. There we go. That's the answer. We're actually just stopping Age of Sigmar now, and we're only doing forty k. That's the answer. No, no. All right. So there's no keywords in Age of Sigma on the terrain. Most importantly, the way the terrain works is you have mystical terrain, and sometimes that gives it an effect. But how you physically interact to the <laughs> how you interact with the terrain doesn't impact the game at all, other than in my opinion negatively. Let me let me let me kind of like break this down a little bit. I think the terrain is almost always just in the way when you're trying to do micro movements basically, yeah, or it's something you're trying to jank for your advantage. Those are one of the two things. And I don't think that that should be how the terrain works at all. I think the terrain should block how you move around the board and create a dynamic space in which to play. Like a map should, and I don't think it should make the micromanagement of piling in and other resources really difficult, right? So I would argue that it needs a real look at, and I don't think the I don't think agency Mar three is necessarily going to solve that problem, and I think we can solve it with some really really easy easy keywords super easy keywords and I've been thinking about this a lot and it's what I'm going to put in effect at the arena now if Age of Sigma 3 comes along and it has a bunch of other stuff I'll obviously revisit this show and I'll obviously revisit this I'm going to try and put this out as a blog post in the next couple of days as something so a little bit more visual so people can read through and when we have battle plans and maps for a, this version of Age of Sigma, I'm going to put a bunch of maps out and then for Age of Sigmar 3, whatever the battle plans are, I'm going to put a bunch of maps out for those as well. So, if you are, very much like, uh, like, like Ishika's done for the WTC, so if you are planning on playing Age of Sigmar, or you're playing, playing Age of Sigmar 3, and you want to do some, some terrain setups and boards, we'll create something for it. And, uh, and I'll explain why uh, in a minute. Not 2D terrain. Never 2D terrain. I just would like to point out, no 2D terrain. <laughs> Uh, I'd Let me see what you guys say in the chat before we go any further. Um, Woods plus chameleons, Ginks equals fun and effective use of terrain, in my opinion, says T-Man Cash. Uh, Sure. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to banning L-Shape in the 40k show. (laughs) I'll drink some water. Thanks, boys. Uh, Thanks uh, to Pedro Fantastic for donating 100 bits. Big love to you. Mm. Uh, Is this War Machine now? No, I... So, I'm going to give you some examples. We're going to go to some examples, yeah, where I think it's problematic. Everyone seems to, like, be under some sort of fucking magical illusion that this isn't a problem. So, I'm going to show you guys that it is a problem, yeah, Uh, because I've been traveling around the world, looking at loads of different events and loads of things. So, the first thing you can see here, so this is a game from Facehammer GT last year, right? So, there are two core problems with terrain at the moment in Age of Sigmar. Number one, that it requires true line of sight almost all the time. Therefore, it's incredibly hard to block shooting units. I'm going to show you some examples of this in a minute. That's our core problem. Core problem is shooting is strong and there's nothing to mitigate shooting. Really, really important. Yeah. Second problem is the fly keyword and also terrain as it's used is super negative in a 3D space. 3D terrain should be on the board. I want 3D terrain on the board. Absolutely but it shouldn't be micromanaged up and down. And it's super, super like rubbish, okay? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through it. Uh, <laughs> they do suck ass, but we can fix it in real, I got four keywords that we're gonna give to Terrain and it's gonna make it super simple. So this example you can see, oh, to my left, sorry, but I'm looking to my right, that's super awkward. This example you can see here is a game, uh, round five of Hammer GT 2019 weird that i thought it was last year but somehow a year's gone by um where we saw luke who's playing the Idneth deep game going up against richie's daughters uh sorry uh doomspike gits as you can see here now richie as you can see at the top has deployed all his gits around his loon shrine and most specifically he is um uh like he's he, he the most important part is he's made it so that luke can't get to his carrots at the back as you can see there are some gits on the rocks um like you know there's all sorts of stuff there thank you very much for everyone helping us get a hype train we've got some sweet new emotes if you want to use them in the chat um i'm loving this uh, uh choo choo it's on the cv lads <laughs> let's go uh, <laughs> um so now this is really important what richie has done as he's played his entire battle plan his entire like Decisions have been focused on protecting his characters at the back, near where his hands are right now. You can see. Uh, I don't know if I mouse over it. You can see that. Uh, no, but right around, around around the top, just the top of the gloom spot, where where his characters are, and he's created a giant screen so you can't get to his characters. Now, what Luke has done, because it's within the rules, as you can see, you see his Eidyneth bow on the far left. He's turned that sideways. That creates a three-inch gap. But even if even if Luke hadn't done this with the boat, you could have done it with the tall building on the far right. Another example, the, the, the tall building on the far right. What, so what Luke did was he ran his unit of eels, so it looks like they're locked in combat right now with those um, uh, grots, but they aren't locked in combat with those grots, and in fact, they're actually on top of the boat three inches above the grots. So because they're three inches above and it's measured in that 3D space, they're not locked in combat and so they're fine. So he's literally jumped on there, he then he gets the priority roll, and then he flies over the top, he gets all of the characters. So let me just scrub forward a little bit so you guys can see, there you go. And so he's flown over the top, yeah? So avoiding the screen completely and basically flying up and or down, right? So so some of you are like, and some people around the world, and generally most people don't think this through, aren't super aware. So when you measure, there's a 3D volume of three inches, and if you're above that, then you're safe. So ignoring that Luke uses his own boat to do that, you could use the building on the far right that you see. So any piece of terrain. So if you just make a thematic piece of terrain, which I'm super on board with, love it. Uh, let me just show an example of some thematic terrain I'm building right now. Uh, here we go there we go yeah yeah love this this is beautiful this is beautiful however current rules state i can have a model here there halfway up here and you're like yeah that would look so amazing that would be so like you'd have like a war boss at the top but you kind of be like half hanging off because it doesn't really fit very well and there would be some guys running up but in reality that isn't the situation in reality you're going to have nagash at a 45 degree angle hanging off here because he can fly and then the next turn charging down Ridiculous, okay, ridiculous, so we're stopping that, and the super series already did that. The super series we already had impassable terrain. so let me just uh, cut away from this for a moment so you guys can see. so um, let me just go to a different match here. Um, so we had different volumes of terrain on the different maps. Uh, right, here we go so this is this is a this is a perfect. thank you very much. Uh, this, so this is an Idneth army versus uh, uh, an Osiarch's army. So in this situation, the Eidneth army is unable to fly on any of these rocks. So as you can see from where Speckles is, on the far right, Speckles has created a line. Now, both of those pieces of terrain uh, at the on the far right, uh, which are at the top and the bottom, are impassable pieces of terrain. So you cannot, even if you can fly, or even if you can run up or down, cannot be bunny hopped. So in this situation, what Chris was unable to do was fly his eels on top of a rock and then fly into the characters at the back or get into the Mortec Crawlers, right? Uh, <laughs> right, so that's the situation here. And just because of that, that meant that Speckles, who is probably in the tougher spot in this particular matchup, has got more of a fighting chance to hold his objectives. If Chris wants to engage with him mechanically, if he wants to engage in the fight, he has to move somewhere around the top flank, bottom flank, or into the center. He also can't land on that piece of central building as well, so there are some definitive lines blocked off there, right? Now that, I think, makes a better game. I think immediately the fact that Chris can't just bunny hop, like we saw before, Richie played an entire game to make something not happen, and then Luke was able to just jump over the top of it. It just feels ridiculous, is the answer. Um, uh, so you can fly over them now you can fly over them so angle says i understand not being able to balance on them you can fly over terrain so if you have the fly keyword you could 100 percent fly so the unit of eels at the top left could easily have the movement to fly over the piece of terrain that they're looking at right now they could fly over it that's why the fly keyword is an advantage in having impassable terrain so for example, if uh, Speckles ran up one of those units, it doesn't matter which, into the middle objective, he can still just fly over directly. Whereas Speckles, if he wants to go around that, he because he's landlocked, because he's moving on the ground, he's in a worse position, yeah? Right, so that, in my opinion, is really, really impactful. So that's impassable terrain. So there are some other problems with the fly keyword as well. Being halfway up a building and then being able to, so if you have the fly keyword, you can be halfway up a building, And you can also be... It's confusing to explain. But basically, if you're on a building, you can deep strike with the fly keyword nine inches away on the the horizontal. However, when you charge, it's based on the ground. So you can just do a three-inch charge, even though you're nine inches away. Am I making sense? Yes. Which sucks. So no. Just hard written into the Super Series rules that that wasn't the case. You couldn't do it. Uh, Long live. Uh, that's the right decision all day okay it's gonna take a minute now so just to reclarify about the rules again I've just thought about this a lot like is this such a techie subject I'm not sure anyone gives a fuck apart from me but I think it makes a better game I think if you put this into your games you'll have more fun games in this situation like you could have like a shield wall of Dwarden, yeah and then they're just like they're just like between like a building and a rock, and they're just holding that line, and no one can, there's so, no, like, weird interaction where, um, uh, give you a good example, this, by the way, big shout out, love this, one of my favorite things, so if I've got my, uh, I've got, I can't do it, I'll have to, I'm going to do some better pictures, but basically, I could just charge over a bit of building, and then charge them in the flank, even though they're in a line, it just doesn't, it just looks shit, I think, um, anyway, I'm going to take a moment to read the chat slow myself down and then come back to the conversation Uh, it also means fly won't have a safe space sergeant rolf that is correct uh okay so basically use the first move to get right up against the train then next turn jump over it yes um uh, (laughs) i I would just make it so that anti-deep strike nine inches mostly purely horizontally and i've already put that in a pack um thanks Torion. Uh, I care too. Several people doing silly stuff with train made me hang up errors for a while. So apologies. Dave Fraser, can I claim to have a nine-inch cock even though it only reaches three inches away? You can, brother. Any time. You could say that you don't ignore vertical distances when moving in the charge phase, but I prefer this idea of impassable terrain. Okay, so so the two problems uh, that we're dealing with, uh, as I've discussed, are the fly keyword, and then now let's talk about mechanics. Yeah, let's talk about. Let's talk about mechanics, because this is the word. So fly keyword, we've discussed, we've discussed its problems. And we and uh, the simple answer is, in my opinion, is that you cannot land on top of terrain unless it has the cover keyword. And you also institute the rule. So we're going to have four keywords, impassable, garrisonable, obscuring or overgrown, your choice, obscuring or overgrown, or um, uh, impassable garrison cover cover big shout out to vince uh vince spent like a good me and him had a good hour-long conversation about this the other day um and uh, i wasn't putting this in so this is me uh this is me listening to people and taking advice um which is rare <laughs> putting cover it so the cover keyword so that's another piece of terrain so a type of terrain is cover um so those are the types of terrain now i would institute the rule that if it if it If it fits it sits but only on probably cover terrain I probably won't put obviously I won't put that impassable garrisonable buildings are garrisonable terrain isn't actually something you can put models on top of either you're not allowed to put stuff on top of Um, so that already answers that problem and then uh, with terrain that is obscuring slash overgrown I would probably mix that in with either cover terrain so it's both or it will also be impassable so like a large building let's say is something like a big giant rock like as an example Here's a good example. This is impassable. Like, just can't land on it. Like, just live with it. Like, that's the situation. And also, it's obscuring. Like, some fell energies make it so you can't see past. Right? And you just measure the volume. Super easy. But you put it on a base. We'll talk about more of that, about that in a minute. Putting it on a base. Um, uh, I don't think AOS3 will feel, fix these problems, chuckle Which is why I'm talking about it today, uh, is the answer. Uh, but even if they do fix it, which would be great all we're doing is we're just prepping ourselves ahead of time right Um, also maybe not be able to teleport inside a building or terrain feature obviously 100% which is why most stuff is impassable right like well most stuff should be impassable we'll talk about that in a minute Uh, let me see what your questions are before I move on Um, uh, I hope you're trademarking this Rob Uh, no not really I just so I'm gonna write this all out and we'll put it out as a pack and the reason I want to do it is because I think it'll make more exciting games that will be more interesting. I genuinely think that's the case. Having watched lots of tournament coverage, having lots of seen lots of games, having played lots of games, I think this is a better answer like, overall. Um, uh, yes, we need incentivize people to put units into terrain so that you can, they can open a design space for rules that interact with units in terrain or cover, such as Breaker Tribe or favorite, the Tutor. Uh, you do, but there's also some problems mechanically with that, which is the next conversation we're going to have. Um, uh, we can ban one boat. <laughs> I think you should also have a dense function from 40k, the minus one, to anything that shoots over it. I think, Grim Slacker, that's a great that's a great suggestion as well. Although I, would, I don't really mind it just being flat obscuring, ultimately. Um, will you publish the rules PDF we could use on our own games? Yes, prop Joe. That's the plan. Uh, Rob's to raid book. Free. Rob's to raid PDF. Let's just put it as that, shall we? Anyway, anyway. What we're gonna talk about now, and I'm hoping this, this game will give me an example of it. Uh, let me just scrub to this. Um no, not example, but big shout out to the camera work there. That oh, looks <laughs> lovely, eh? Um let me get this. Have I got any of it? The Loon Shrine. Sorry, I'm just trying to find a very specific there we go. If we so as you guys can see here. It's not it's not the best example, but I'm um, I'm hoping to make it. Richie's e- Richie's grots are on top of that rock and at the same time engage with those eels, as you can see in the bottom, right? Now this isn't a huge issue because they're not really necessarily near loads of objectives, but I find, and I wonder how you guys feel about this, that having terrain near objectives, and most importantly on top of having fights all over terrain like this the micromanagement of it is super super sloppy like really rough you're trying to like measure a model so it stays in coherency with the other model and it's kind of like this and then there's another one and you're like oh i reckon i can get like four in and then the other guy's like i think it's only three and you're like how can you fucking tell we're like we've got models all over the place and there's a bit of fern in the way again I like that that's all on the board. I think it makes it thematic and amazing. That's what I'm putting my boards as. I don't ever want to detract. So th- there's two options. Make it mechanically sound, 2D, which I don't want at all in any way, or make it thematic and beautiful and then work around that and just unfortunately like, have to sacrifice some other elements. For instance, it's awesome that one lone grot can get on top of a rock and be like, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, why don't we just not fucking have that? And then you can engage units properly in a good mechanical sense, right? <laughs> uh, uh, no, Dawnshade, maybe. Um, we okay. So I always play with super Series terrain rules. Uh, more penna, more in preparation, but also because they're better. Thank you, Hawkeye. Uh, now games which I can't prove terrain because it's Rob's idea, and games which I can't admit Rob is correct. <laughs> Catch twenty-two, motherfuckers. Uh hey Lurka Frag, I'm late, I'm a noob to war games and it looks like I need to wanted deployment wrong. Uh no, that's not the situation in that particular match. Um uh it was more of a, a mechanical jank that really caused the victory there. Um totally agree, either put a contested objective in a garrisonable terrain or no objective terrain at all. So let's look, let's go back and look at Super Series board. Um again, I'm not saying this is a hundred percent always the way, but here we go. So if you look at this any engagement that's going to happen, because I think pretty much everything on this board was impassable. I think the little kind of like Giants Causeway rocks on the far right and the far left, I think they were actually cover terrain that we were able to put stuff inside of, so you could put stuff into cover there. But all of the fights are going to be engaged on clean surfaces. So where all the objectives are, there are clean surfaces for the engagement, so all you've piling in and everything else. And because the terrain is impassable, even if Chris takes a bunch of his eels, let me try and find some other fights in this match. Um, that is a busy board, eh? There we go. So when the actual fight occurred, as you guys can see here, none of it is requiring any janky mechanics, right? on the far right yeah all of the engagements like and, and Chris has obviously smashed this all of the engagements have gone super well for him he's engaged but none of them are piling in or doing anything complicated over terrain or up and down terrain which I think is like absolutely the right way and if you guys have ever played a bit and or a lot you'll have gone through this experience you'll have gone through this experience where the, the 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 moving around little tiny bits is is useless so in my opinion a board should have a ton of terrain that's impassable or garrisonable or dense we'll talk about the dense bit in a minute yeah or just some scattered terrain you have lying around like a wall like a good example would be these barrels that i'm currently painting yeah um you guys can see that these barrels just stick a bunch of barrels around like a little barrel barricade and then when you actually get to a fight be like we'll move these out the way Move these out of the way, because I'm pretty certain like a monster can just smash these down. And that's we'll just get that out of the road. Um The other problem that you have with mechanical terrain like this, uh, or with impassable terrain or cover terrain, um, is when you have the monster versus grot 25 mil hero. So let's say you were to create a piece of terrain that was on a base, and then you gave it some walls, some ruins is a a classic example. You've got a twenty five minute middle uh, twenty five mil grot in here. Now, if you institute the rule that it fits, uh, if it fits, it can sit on top, then your more crusher isn't going to be able to get on top, like, at all. And so he's going to try and charge it, but he can't get within half an inch because he's inside a piece of thick terrain. So what do you do in that situation? That's a great question. Don't think there's an actual answer for that. Like, I don't think there is. That's why I don't think, truthfully, cover terrain should be in it. Um, But, like, there isn't. Like, I think the, the immortal unit that the monster can't get at, um, however, me and Vince have talked about this quite a bit, he seems to think it's super important. And one of the things that I would really like to do is get some adoption and some general consensus on this. And one of the reasons I want some general consensus is I want people to have more fun games. The rules as are, are not fun to play with, and they're not engaging as a gamer. They do neither of the two things that you think that they do. The conversation that having nothing happen with terrain makes the game more fun is nonsensical. Understanding how the rules work and then making them so they're better for the players, especially new players, like a new guy's like, I can't land on that. Cool, that's just in the road, and you get these amazing lanes, these amazing avenues of attack, where you've got this like whole battle plan, and I think that's so clever and so cool. You can do so many fun things with it and hold a unit up and it makes the fly keyword stronger. The idea that losing the fly keyword so you can't run halfway up the building is is not good. That you can fly over something really good. Um, uh, <laughs> they do normally involve yields but they also involve a bunch of other units as well. Just the examples I'm showing are currently yields. Um, Is there an Anthem 40k uh, engagement range? Uh, yes but Talk about more later there's probably why terrain should be destructible so the more crush you can just destroy the ruins to get to a 25 mil hero now i'm not against that i'm not against that i think that that's a great little idea it's a bit of an issue if and that's why having cover terrain or any terrain you can go on at all is an issue so let's say i have a uh, like a uh, i based a piece of terrain i've got a bunch of units on it a monster comes up and smashes the terrain i'm like okay i now have to remove that well, i don't remove it we'll just measure it from the ground like okay you you just make i know the game is abstract anyway but you're making it more abstract and uh, and also in some situations mechanically a lot worse i think um i like the idea that a single grot can see in the ruin but the ruin just can't be an objective then it just doesn't matter agreed i think all terrain should 100% be away from uh the you shouldn't have any terrain be able to be within 6 inches of the center so like basically inside capture range of an objective chuckaby massively agree with you on that one okay final thing to talk about well final two things garrisonable terrain yeah and uh, so we've talked about cover terrain we've talked about impassable terrain and how useful i think they are and now we're going to talk about we're going to talk about line of sight blocking terrain line of sight blocking terrain is going to be very very important in my opinion i think it's something we 100 percent should put inside the game massively and like they do it in 40k and it works really well it makes infantry really good it defeats a lot of the problems that we have it doesn't make shooting useless because you just have to move around but it does make the shooting worse which is the point that's the point of it like to make the shooting a little bit worse and having line of sight blocking terrain and that's where area terrain is really important as well let's again look at this example that we're just looking at here now let's just say let's just say for argument's sake that the unit on the far right is a unit that shoots yeah it could be anything right i know it's not it's actually orcs but let's say it's a unit of handgunners or anything and then the unit of eels at the top center so the orange eels those so we're drawing line of sight now if the piece of terrain between them was just obscuring because of a doesn't matter pick a reason magical fell energies hot smoke coming out from it whatever that's just obscuring and the unit like and a few of the other pieces that we had around were obscuring those eels would be protected from that shooting across that line it's that easy it's that simple whereas right now we don't have that the only way it would be blocked is if one model couldn't see one point of the whole unit this would actually make a whole bunch of units a little bit more viable and i think would make the game far more interested you would still have a shooting line for instance, that unit would have to move off the objective to be able to shoot into the top right, but then it would be a little bit off the objective, which they don't want to do. So, pros and cons works at forty k so well, and we should one hundred percent have it in Age Sigma, like super into it. Um, so what about making an objective into their own terrain piece? Problem with having terrain in on objectives are you can gain cover if you're on the if you're on it. If you have any terrain on it, you're taking up space where models can go. So I want 60 grots. I want to put them all on the objective because there's a gatebreaker gargant coming towards me or two, you know, and I want to put them all on so they can't grab it. Yeah, it's a piece of terrain in the way. Maybe I can't stand on it. Maybe I can't move my models around it. Or I've got a really hard unit, like a unit of 20 Phoenix guard. And now they're on the objective and they've got cover because there's terrain on the objective. It's just a mistake. Like you don't want that plus one save to just be given away free on an objective. Like, I don't think that's the right decision. You're like, okay, yeah, but like, that's kind of what you want. You want to like go on the hill and you want to hold the hill. I'm like, cool, then they're all hills. All of them are hills. You can't have just one. You then are making all the terrain just so you are having. let's say you're playing Scorched Earth. You're having eight pieces of terrain, each one on each objective, and then you're adding more terrain onto the game. I just don't see that working at all, personally. Personally, um, uh, terrain is the objective, but then the objective is the objective. Like the re- we, uh, so, the image you're looking at now is obviously some perspex circles, dude. You can make yourself like a Gary. So if you guys look to the top right, Gary Dark, fantastic Mills, wonderful person, top right. He makes objectives that are just these awesome little um, uh, things. I'm not saying you you shouldn't make something awesome to be the thing that you're capturing. Make it a flag, make it whatever. Like if it's flat like that, so you can put all the models around it and it doesn't interrupt the game. Super good. If it was a castle, it's fucking weird, right? Like I, I kind of like the idea. Like I was talking to maybe I was talking to Nathan yesterday. I was talking to someone. Someone was like, just make it a castle. You like you've got to capture the castle, so you're inside it, you're garrisoning it. You might want to hit your plus one save, and then they've got a castle and you just stood in it. And like how good is that? That's super cool. And I was like, that does work. And if you want to change six inch objective markers to a building then absolutely but we're not talking about what you want to do at home we're talking about competitive age sigma and right now it's measured within six inches of an objective right that's the current uh, setup so you we have to work around that and you need models around it and having a piece of frame makes it weird uh, it should be a bowl that should be the real answer uh, use cool objective markers that works um, uh, training objectives should not give cover benefit. Uh, uh I pitch battles. I 100 percent agree. However, thematically, it makes so much more sense for training to be objectives. Uh, why would it ever make sense for the nice patch of grass we both agreed to is the most important piece? I so because the objectives aren't the circle, right? Now, where the circle just shows the area of influence. On these, if you made a really cool, let's say, a, I don't know, a pot of gold, a bottle an undergargants, pair of pants, anything as the actual thing. What they're really trying to do is claim the treasure. That's why we call it get the gold sometimes. They're trying to claim the treasure in the middle. What you're looking at is uh, the area of influence there. So that is like more than likely problematic. If we actually switch it up, for an example, to the other video really quickly. Back to this video. If you guys can see, uh, it's just the lights that they're really trying to claim. Uh, on this board and it could just be those lights could be not lights they could be whatever you know like so you can make it something thematic okay Uh, should artillery behave differently than just normal range units I think so Uh, maybe Uh, hey speckles Um, what about making objectives into their own trenches? okay sweet so we've talked about that Um, uh, and, and I think you should make the thing that you're trying to capture something narratively important because again this conversation comes up because you want some cool board to play on, but that's going to cause some issues. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Warhammer World. Uh, Warhammer World has this amazing Sylvaneth board, right? Where it's a bunch of temples and a bunch of forests, and they're all stuck in. You can't move any of it, it's glued in. You literally cannot play on it. It is unplayable. You just have some stuff, and you're like, I can't even put objectives down there's too much stuff in the way, it's wild, right? Like, it's it's insane. So, uh, like, there has to be some sort of conversation about actually moving the models around and engaging with each other. Uh, uh, I played on that board, it's amazing, but so difficult to use. Yeah, agreed, Speckles. If you make a city, it can be a town squares, which you would need to hold to navigate maybe open spaces an import. Yes, you can make your own theme up. That's the important point, right? I think this conversation comes off the back of so many people being able to make their own terrain at home now because of 3D printers or whatever. Yeah, so I think that this conversation is going to come up more and more and that's why I'm hoping to do this show. Right, let's finally talk about garrisonable terrain. Because garrisonable terrain, I think, actually is, should be a part of it. I think garrisonable terrain makes loads of sense. Get inside of a building or have some buildings on the board. Now, again, the important point about the keywords, like if you look at the 40k terrain packs that have been put out by the WTC, they don't use everything. Sometimes you have obscuring and breachable terrain. Sometimes you don't. And that's okay. So having some, like, imagine a board of obscuring terrain and a board board where everything's obscuring or some bits are obscuring and then there's two garrisonable pieces of terrain. That's so cool. I'm so into that. That's so fun. Remember that time I held the building? I think you should absolutely have that in the game because it's also impassable. Garrisonable terrain, by its definition, is impassable. You can't land on it or do anything. Fits into my world, which works really nice. Um, and also as long as it's not near an objective it means what you're really doing is you're holding a central key location on the board which is what you guys are talking about but it doesn't affect getting the treasure which is the objective and i think that's really important as well having a garrison on top of a piece uh an objective terrible idea having it just in no man's land but like they're like really want to hold it that works super well so i think that there's some there's some real good conversation to have there um uh <laughs> <laughs> is there an argument for holding areas or zones rather than being within a certain distance of a single point um uh, see i mean we are orientated around how the game works right now right and ultimately the game works quite well age of Sigmar is a brilliant game 40k what 40k did was they took their game and they were like cool we're making objectives that you have to go hold which is age of sigma all over yeah you got to hold them you got to hold on to them Age of Sigma and then they put some keywords in. Age of Sigma needs to move up, needs to catch up and get inside that game, needs to play it and I think that's really important. Okay I think that's everything. Um, I'm going to write this down as a blog and I know it's been a bit preachy so fucking what a dick I am Uh, and then let's see what you guys have got. to Thank you Brian Spurlow, thank you. Have you guys got any thoughts or any ideas that you'd like to express to me today Uh, or just other questions? um angle you could either be inside or x number of models or on top uh, of the battlements which could also be landed on uh yes but again like you have to be very specific right the uh if it fits or sorry if it sits it fits rule um so again like if you could get i don't know some heart renders i think can, uh, something that i can think of that could land on top of something but it's still a bit challenging as an example if this was a garrisonable piece of terrain again to show you guys right garrisonable like, I have to be very specific and define where it can land. And I don't know if you could even get five heart renders in the actual, like, you guys can see here, in there. Not 100% certain. Then what are they in here? But then their wings are clipped in there. I'm not certain. Whereas if you just say they're in there. Like, it's on a piece of area terrain. They're in there. That works for me. That works. Um, I don't have to actually physically put them off. Um, preach on. <laughs> Uh, have been really impressive tonight of four k just need to fix bounce of armies so many just so playable right now Tom Dix agree with that uh, can I get an amen or phone that a rewind <laughs> rewind uh, I prefer terrain have obvious surfaces where you can land so either big flat surface to land on or you can't sergeant roll that's what cover terrain would be so the difference between impassable terrain and cover terrain is where you as the design maker or as the design per- uh, sorry terrain maker or the terrain purchaser have dedicated and you've said this is designed to be cover terrain you can put models on specifically this space if it doesn't fit you cannot that is cover terrain that's its definition and i think that that genuinely makes some sense like you know you get a bunch of guys and they go hunker down in the little like barricades or whatever makes loads of sense they're harder to hit they've got a better save i'm really pro that um Uh, What are the physical difference between cover and garrisonable? Uh, Could you climb, uh, could a climb of trees just be garrisonable? Uh, Yeah, you see, this is the zip zap wrap. The point is, is to give some keywords so you can make the very coolest narrative possible, right? So having something that you decide is cover, like cover terrain because models can be placed on it, or something that you think is garrisonable. Like I think a, a clump of trees could make a really good garrison. If you put it on a base, you know, and you covered it, so I'm doing a mushroom forest at the minute, Um, So a 3D printed mushroom forest. And I'm pretty certain I'm going to make that obscuring and also garrisonable. So that when you try to shoot through it, it makes sense. It's like blocking loads of stuff and and also magic mushroom power. Just because lots of the answers to what I say are going to be magic power, <laughs> like because it's a magic game, uh, but then also garrisonable, they can, they're can they in a forest, right, and then that also solves the problem of if a monster wants to attack the guys inside, because the mushrooms are strong, but I don't know if, they want, if they'll be able to stop a keeper of secrets um, or anything like that from actually punching through and getting inside it, so if you mean it garrisonable, then the guys inside could be like, cool, uh, we're inside this forest, and they can leave, obviously, but the the keeper is to run up and charge it and like be attacking everyone inside because it's garrisonable. i think that that makes a, that would make a really cool feature and it makes sense how infantry and monsters will interact inside terrain but make the terrain useful that's what i'd say um monsters can't garrison monsters cannot garrison um i would obviously not make it someone monsters cannot garrison there's your answer um uh also thoughts on how obscuring work so one of the things about obscuring terrain which i'm going to put into my pack is obscuring terrain 100 uh will ignore the fly keyword right now if you have the fly keyword you can ignore line of sight blocking terrain and i just take that out of the game that's ridiculous most of the major threats that can shoot can fly um and i'm not that's just dumb and it's just arbitrary like some just some goon wrote that because they didn't really understand the game there was no thought behind it they were like oh whatever just have, like just obscuring terrain infinitely high, so fly means nothing to it, um so I would take that out, and I'd also probably put a wound cap on what obscuring is, so like you're having forty k so most monsters like ten plus wounds, so probably like um if a single model has ten or more wounds then uh you can't then it can't be obscured, so I think that's another positive change as well, um because then you can't hide an Archeon or something behind obscuring terrain, uh, but you can hide like, your blocker dudes, which I think is important. Um, I don't think putting a model in or complex features is ever the right rule. Uh, yeah, agreed, Zip Zap Rap. Agreed. Uh, super on your side. Uh, Penalty to move when flying of a train would be great. Uh, if screams, See, I think we're impacting... F- I mean, we are impacting flying more than the they-can-do-whatever-the-hell-they-want rule now, which I don't think should ever be the pe- place. I think... If I want everyone to generally adopt this for tournaments, which is what I do want to do, and I don't want to do it because I want to be the fucking king of tournaments. That's not the point. I want people to have better tournaments. I want people to have better games. I want people to be like, this is cool. This has made the game more fun and more interesting. And also, the tournament seems fairer. Like, no one won because of some janky teleport fly. No one won because they put a boat sideways. Like, none of that. Just like something really chill. Yeah, like it just makes sense. I also think it makes the games more thematic, like more engaging, like one on one. Like it makes the board tell more story. Like oh I can't can't see through this magical forest of mushrooms. That's cool. Like and he almost says it's not a fucking idiot. Uh <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Uh I think you should ignore if both parties have fly, not if one or two has fly. Um uh, ignore what? Uh Spuddy. Uh, I will ag- I will not say that word, uh, Stu Redacted. I'm sorry if I say that so much. The problem with garrison is if you had EG20 Phoenix Guard, all their attacks can be concentrated on just a point of contact with the attacker. Prop Joe, I agree. I wouldn't say to make the whole board garrisonable. I would have terrain that's garrisonable. That's why it's all got different keywords. One of the things about having nice keywords like this is one of the things that we did at the series, which has got a word I can't say at the moment, attached to it is we made different density boards so we had heavy medium and light density boards so in a team format you can pair into a board that's more useful to you for example if we had a heavily obscuring board then you would not want to put your shooting units into it makes of no sense but also it just makes the boards varied so you aren't just playing on the same boards over and over again but instead you could have one battle plan and already you've got three ways to play it You've got a light board, a medium board, and a heavy board. And, so, and you could just do one that doesn't have garrisonable, t- garrisonable at all, if that makes sense. So that's my, those are my general thoughts. Uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm all for flying units being able to go low or fly high, so you have to choose between seeing and being seen or obscured and not being seen them either. But I also think flying units just need to cost more points. Yeah, but we're not going to be able to affect that, so why don't we just affect the whole game wholesale? Uh, 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 so the line sight blocking feature uh, of, let's say, Wildwoods is currently it gets ignored if either you or the attacking unit has the fly keyword. I think that's stupid. It should be only ignored if both the units flying. I just think you just shouldn't ignore it at all. Like if it's an infinitely high mist of shadow, well like, who care? Like who cares if you fly over it? Because you haven't you haven't flown over it. It's still like if you were. If you were flying, if you're in a helicopter in front of an active volcano and all that smoke, you couldn't see behind it. You can eventually fly over it, but that's what movement is for. You couldn't shoot through it, right? So I just, yeah, like, I, I, yeah. It's, (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. I mean, I spent a few days, well, more than a few days on this, a few weeks on this, like, in, in different conversations. And I think one of the key points for everyone at home to, like, take away and I know it's been a bit preachy today so I'm sorry about that it's been a bit bit rubbish um oh no I've enjoyed it like and i one of the things that I don't think is true is that what I'm trying to do is change the whole game for a very fringe few cases I don't think that's the situation at all because if we take out being able to fly halfway up a uh, a building we take out um the mechanics of moving stuff up and down little bits of like frond or i'm halfway up this front or not halfway up this front one of the things that i think would be really engaging and fun for gamers it makes a better game that's super super important is having blockable lanes impassable bits of terrain and a block so i can't go around there it allows you to set a trap you can create like a shield wall of dudes, yeah? Or you can put a piece in that's a trap so you guys can pincer move. You br- you make a unit not be able to fight in a straight line. One of the really important ones, let me just go back to this. This is super important. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't bring this up earlier because actually probably the key point here, um, let me find a piece of st- one of the Super Series videos. Uh, one sec. Uh, right, okay. So this one here for you guys to look at. Um, one second. Right, so here if you look the the objectives on both home objectives have got a piece of impassable terrain uh so the one on the far right um has got a piece of impassable terrain pretty much um directly towards the next objective and it's got a little lane to go between on the other two pieces on the on the bottom whereas on the far side same thing in a mirror there's a piece of uh terrain blocking like a straight run so what this does and like if you think about something like focal points or like where there are two objectives like front to front if you just put something in front of it like no you can't run in a straight line that way like it creates like dynamic gameplay am i going around the flank or am i pushing into the center if i push into the center the opponent's army could get me it just makes you've got more decisions as a gamer and i think that that's really good that makes a more fun game for you to engage with your opponent and it also means like you can make bad decisions and that's cool like some guy out on a flank like what am i doing here um uh uh, i would not say frond (laughs) hey dad brooks big love to you uh this is a super positive and healthy conversation with the community to be having it's good to see someone taking a lead in it thanks pete appreciate you i'm going to put up as a blog post as well so it should be should be something we could share around and um and I'll re- refer to this conversation, I think. And I think it's another conversation I'm going to have again in the future in more detail. And 100% I'm going to do a terrain pack for this current version of Age of Sigmar. And a terrain pack for the next version of Age of Sigma. Now, it doesn't mean that's what you have to use. But it gives some ideas on how to create a fun board. And really, I'm going to tip my hat to Games Workshop on this. This is the important point. Yeah? Even though, like a lot of this has come up before they did ninth edition. Like they did some really, really positive stuff with ninth edition forty K rules for terrain. Really positive stuff. Like impacting the board really positively. And really all I want is Age of Sigma to have that same quality that we can play with. So like props to them. Props to them and props to like all of you is what I say. Um should terrain layouts be standardized in the name of game balance? No. I don't think they should be standardized, but I think if you just have two objectives in a line, just put a bit of impassable terrain between them, you, good start. Or a line of sight blocking piece of terrain. So I can't just stand there with my shooting unit and just shoot through, unless I've got sentinels. But it's, that's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, as I saying we shouldn't put line of sight blocking terrain in because sentinels exist. Stop the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Rob, but there is no way to identify different types of terrain in night. Brian, I, I I understand that. I still think there are ways to go, but I'm just giving credit where credit's due. Um, uh, diagonal symmetry in wargames t- uh, tables have been staple forever. Who wouldn't set up a table that way? Says Elf. Agreed. Uh, loads of people, I think. Um, uh, not everyone plays Lunar Throneworlds, though. Yes, agreed. And also... <laughs> All right, good. All right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope it wasn't too too preachy, and I hope it made sense. Um, I know it was a bit of a ramble, but that's how I best communicate. It takes me a lot longer to do things like write a blog post. Uh, the guys like Plastic Crack do a great blog post. They're super good at making blogs. And that's not really me as a writer. It takes me ages. I'm super inefficient, but I will do it with some pictures. Um, and this conversation has helped me understand what I'm going to put inside it. So I, I I thank you guys loads for this. Uh, you're, uh, you're brilliant, and I, and I hope it kicks off. I hope it kicks off some other stuff. I, but I am going to put out a PDF pack, 100%, um, for the, and I am going to do the blog post. So this will be something that you guys will be able to access as a resource. That's the plan. Um, so I'll put that up on Twitter, and I'll bang on about it on another show. Uh, so yeah, uh, thanks. I appreciate it. Now, don't forget, we're live all of Saturday and Sunday, pretty much. Saturday for the reveal show, Sunday for the big birthday show. Got some great guests looking forward to it. More emotes as well. And that's right, we need to now go raid someone, that's our new thing. Uh, While I'm doing that, I'm going to thank everyone who listens to the podcast, especially for tuning in during such a visual show. Thank you guys for turning up every day, Uh, I really appreciate it. And also thank you to uh, everyone who subscribes on Patreon, because without you, I literally couldn't live. Um, So let's go raid, I like to browse... Um, uh, who are we gonna who are we gonna raid uh, guys? Uh one sec. What that uh Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Plague Bear burst crawlers. There's so many people who stream in other languages uh for this, which I think is just beautiful. Um who shall we? Midgard Ben. He's painting up some are these some space marines? Let's go do him. This'll be fun. Uh, forward slash raid uh raid alright it's been a pleasure talking to you guys thanks very much talk to you soon uh have a lovely day uh we're gonna go do the raid make sure to use your new raid emotes woohoo um uh, <laughs> see you guys later have a nice day thanks for tuning in